As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The big Republican debate is tonight. We'll talk about that. Plus, the entire Los Angeles Unified School District gets shut down and another holiday episode of Things I Hate, Stuff I Hate. And it does have a lot of stuff that I hate in it, jam-packed full of stuff I hate, actually. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. tend to demonize people who don't care about your feelings. All righty, so... Here we are, and it is a Tuesday, and the entire Los Angeles Unified School District was shut down for the day. 640,000 kids out of school, freaking their parents out by being home. The parents can't be absentee parents and let their kids just go to the public school on the taxpayer dime. They actually have to take care of their kids, which, of course, means the entire city shuts down because without government-paid employees to take care of our kids, what are we going to do around here? 900 schools were shut down, all of this based on an email threat, and there's been a bit of a firefight between the the mayor, well, actually, the, the head of the LAPD and the head of the NYPD. It's actually relatively entertaining. Apparently, uh, the head of the, of the NYPD, his name is Bill Bratton, he says that he doesn't understand why LAPD shut down LAUSD. He said, we got exactly the same email threat, and, and apparently it was routed through Germany, like a German IP address, uh, which goes to show you that it's possible that there are terrorists in the West gang. We, we might want to watch out for this thing. Uh, but Bill Bratton says, uh, we, we've seen stuff like this before. This was no big deal. I don't understand why all these crazy people in L.A. are shutting down their entire school district over it. It's the second biggest school district in the nation after New York's. William Bratton said, I think the initiator, the instigator of the threat may be a Homeland fan, basically watching Homeland episodes that it mirrors a lot of recent episodes on Homeland. Okay. He said, this is not a credible threat. It's not something we are concerned with. What we would be concerned with is overreacting to it. Ouch. Charlie Beck responded by saying, no, 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 it's a super-duper real threat. It's a super-duper-duper real threat. And therefore, we had to send everybody home. They say they're going to go through and walk through all 900 schools today, do a full security check of 900 schools. They say that apparently the warning contained warnings about backpacks being used as bombs. Well, good luck looking for backpacks in 900 public schools. I have a feeling that it may be a couple of days before they reopen the schools just to make everybody look good. The truth is the kids are learning more not being in LAUSD, the crappiest school district in America. So as a graduate of LAUSD, I can safely say the kids are learning more today being home and playing Grand Theft Auto than they were in their classes at Los Angeles Unified School District. But it does raise questions as to how we deal with terror, how seriously we take terror, and what the solutions should be. I was talking with Lindsay, who does the, the makeup around here. And, uh, and before the show, she said that we, she thinks that it's, it's silly to send all the kids home. We should use the stand by me strategy to which I said we should send them out into the woods to look for a dead body. 
And then she said, no, 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 the Lean On Me strategy, <laughs> completely different movie <laughs> with Morgan Freeman. Apparently he locks the kids in the school to protect them from gang violence. Um, the reason that they don't do that, obviously, is because then there's legal liability if something actually does go wrong. But it is amusing to watch the, the, the city officials run around like chickens with their heads cut off because they've never had to do any sort of security planning before. The United States is not ready for any sort of serious terror assault. It's not. In Israel, they have armed guards at every school Virtually all of the people of military age are carrying around guns in Israel on a fairly regular basis. Uh, and so Israel is, is prepared for this sort of thing. And when they aren't, there's a school massacre. There was one about 10 years ago. And Israel really upped its game in terms of school security since then. Where I went to school in Los Angeles at a place called Yeshiva University of L.A., well, now it's called Yeshiva of L.A. It's a Jewish day school, and, uh, and we had our school evacuated multiple times, but we had layers of security at the school with armed guards. And I never felt unsafe at the school, even though, as I say, at least a couple of times a semester, we'd have to evacuate to a nearby parking lot because of a phoned-in bomb threat. By the way, just a note, anybody who phones in a bomb threat isn't an actual bomber. And this is not what bombers do. Bombers want to kill people. Now, they might phone in the bomb threat to freak you out. They might phone in the bomb threat in order to, in order to make you do things like evacuate hundreds of thousands of people. ISIS today is apparently chortling over this whole thing. So look at these idiots. We, we send them a Nigerian prince email, and all of a sudden they're evacuating 700,000 people from Los Angeles. Um, but it's, it, it is telling that, that we are so ill-prepared for all of this. Is it an overreaction to shut down all of the schools? I haven't seen the email, so I don't know. I haven't seen all the evidence, so I don't know. It seems like it probably would be if the head of the NYPD is saying, we got the same email, we didn't shut down anything, everything's fine then I'm, I'm going to go with it's probably an overreaction. But again, it just shows once and for all that we cannot trust our politicians. We, we can't trust our politicians to keep us safe. All the people who say that we're safe, they're lying. As I said yesterday, you know, these, are, these are people who live in a world of fantasy and they live to make themselves feel good. Now, the other day I was, I was driving home and I pulled into my front yard and uh, my front yard has a gate, has an automatic gate. So I pull into the front yard of my house and as the gate opens, a couple of guys actually followed me into the front yard, which was super creepy because they're just strangers who were following me into the front yard. There are a couple of black guys who were probably 20 to 25 years old, and they were dressed not in suits and ties. I mean, they were dressed in, in saggy jeans and sweatshirts, and one had his hat askew. Uh, and I sort of was, was weirded out by it. But I got out of the car, and, and they wanted to sell me some soap. I was told later by a cop this is a common tactic when you're scoping out houses to rob, so a little did I know. But I, I, not only did I end up buying their soap, I ended up asking them, I ended up giving them my email address and telling them that their sales pitch was so good that I'd be happy to recommend them for a sales job at my radio station, my, my terrestrial radio station. But the point of this story is that I'm an idiot, and, and if I were running American security and people like me were running American security, we'd be in trouble. People like me are running American security, except they're less paranoid than I am. So that's, that's really how stupid American security is. So should we be worried about terror threats? Yes. Should we be worried more that our authorities are really, really terrible at, at monitoring these terror threats? Yes. Okay. Well, meanwhile, tonight's big debate is, is starring Donald Trump. This entire campaign has starred Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump is the, the center of all gravity in the universe. And what's amusing to me is that all the things that Donald Trump thinks he is, right? Basically, Don, Donald Trump tonight, just preliminary note, Donald Trump tonight does not have to do anything special. Right. Donald Trump in the past debates hasn't done anything special. If he is just Donald Trump, he'll do fine. In fact, if Donald Trump were to drop his pants and take a dump on the middle of the stage, as Lindsay says, a Trump dump on the middle of the stage, and then he would probably jump 15 points in the polls. 
In fact, it would be the most huge, most fantastic, most magnificent gold-plated dump you have ever seen. <laughs> and it would probably jack him up in the polls. But what, what's amazing is that Trump considers himself this sort of godlike figure. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He knows everything that happens around him. He's not just not a racist. He's the most not racist person you've ever met. He's not just healthy. He's the most healthy person in human history. As his doctor said yesterday, his doctor, by the way, who bears a striking resemblance to Mickey Rourke, which is bizarre, but they, they, uh, but, but Trump, every, everything Trump does is the greatest and the best and the biggest and et cetera, et cetera. The media apparently have now granted to Trump these godlike powers for purposes of ascribing to him everything bad that happens around him. So the media are constantly saying about Barack Obama that the right is constantly complaining about things Obama can't control, even though we're really complaining about things Obama certainly can control. Like, I'm not going to blame Obama for civil war in Syria, but I am going to blame Obama for ISIS rising in Iraq since we pulled 10,000 troops out of Iraq, right? I mean, there's certain things that you can blame Obama for. There are certain things it's a little tougher to blame Obama for. And they say, well, don't treat Obama like God. He's not God. Right, he's not God. He's a very, very powerful man. Donald Trump isn't even a very powerful man on the world stage. Right, Donald Trump is a very rich guy, but he doesn't wield any power. He's not a governmental actor. He's not president of the United States. Nonetheless, the media, because they are so desperate to paint him as a racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe, they're so desperate to paint him as the world's worst human, they're going to find anyone that he's mildly associated with and then call him into question for that association. So Barack Obama can sit in Jeremiah Wright's church for 20 years while Jeremiah Wright screams, G GD America, right? America, KKKA. Chickens coming home to roost on 9-11. That has nothing to do with Obama. But, for example, if Donald Trump is endorsed by some white supremacists out in the middle of nowhere, it must be because Donald Trump is a white supremacist. Well, the latest iteration of this is that Donald Trump held a rally last night in Las Vegas before the big event, and thousands of people showed up because, I mean, it's spectacle, folks. I mean, Donald Trump basically is Vegas. And if you just think of Donald Trump as Vegas, then all of this makes perfect sense. For people who think that Vegas is the best place in the United States, it's nonstop fun, it's capitalism, it's gambling, it's risk, it's sex, it's booze. If that's what you think America is, Donald Trump is your guy. If you think America is an old-fashioned values place where we have a small government that's filled in by social organizations like the church and like your family, then Donald Trump probably isn't your guy. But in any case, Donald Trump is, is out in Las Vegas and he's doing a rally, and some of his supporters... Uh, are, are going crazy. And, and we don't even know that these people are all Trump supporters because a lot of trolls show up to Trump's rallies to make trouble. The left has, has realized that the media are looking for people to feature. And so they've started coming and, and trying to gum up the works at right-wing rallies. They used to do this with the Tea Party. They'd showed up with Nazi flags at, at Tea Party rallies, trying to make it look like Tea Partiers were Nazis. They tried to claim, if you remember, Back when Obamacare was passing, they tried to claim the Tea Partiers were shouting the N-word at people. They weren't. There's no evidence that ever happened. Andrew Breitbart offered $100,000 for any documented evidence that, that ever happened. And, of course, the left could come up with nothing in the age of ubiquitous cell phone coverage. And, uh, and, but, but this is what they do. So anyway, some people show up, and there are some people in the audience who start yelling at Trump, and the audience gets rowdy with them. And we'll show you some tape of, of a couple of things that went down here, and then we'll talk about the media coverage of this because it really is absurd. Trump repeatedly interrupted by protesters who were escorted out by security. Trump supporters lashing out at one of the hecklers screaming profanities. One man even yelling a Nazi salute. Okay, so this is what you get from NBC News, right? The, the supporter shouting Sieg Heil. Okay, first of all, we don't, it's off camera. We have no clue who the guy is. It's just possible that it's a leftist who's there watching the, the, the supporters surrounding that black guy who's screaming at Trump and ironically yelling Sieg Heil, right? Like, oh, look at those Nazis over there, Sieg Heil, right? Which, by the way, would, would fit in 
really well with how leftists treat right-wing rallies. And this is how the left has always done this. Remember, the left tried to paint the, uh, the war during the government shutdown. There was a rally outside the White House. There was one guy who showed up with a Confederate flag, and this was the end of the world. You have 10,000 people there, one guy with a Confederate flag. Media hone in on the guy with the Confederate flag. Well, the, there's another video of, of Trump supporters yelling at protesters, and it, and it got rowdy in the crowd again. And here is that video. Okay, and so they're being escorted out by security, and apparently people were shouting profanities at them. Okay, so what? Well, the so what is that the entire media have declared that Donald Trump is now a Nazi. Of course, because we've been hearing this now for weeks, right? Donald Trump is Hitler, and you can tell because his supporters are Hitlerian. Now, I don't know how many of these people actually ever watched a Hitler rally or what that looks like. I don't see these people in uniforms. I don't see them goose-stepping. I don't see them doing a salute. I don't see them physically beating all of the people who are who are there watching of the left. Those are security members who are taking people out. I don't see the mass crowd of them doing it. I see a couple of people getting involved in scuffles, which is not unusual in, in major crowd situations. It actually happens fairly frequently. I've been at rallies before. I've been at Occupy rallies. This, this sort of thing happened. I've been at, at affirmative action rallies where this sort of thing happened. I've been pushed around by rallyers. This sort of thing has happened. I was at, a, I was at, a, at an anti-Israel rally at one time. I brought a poster, and, uh, and I was roughed up by the people who were there. This sort of thing happened at rallies. But the media are now claiming that this is because Donald Trump is evil, and he's terrible, and he's a Nazi, and it just shows you Donald Trump is this kind of guy. Now, what, what's amazing about all of this is that the left has been pushing exactly this kind of rhetoric. They say, well, Trump is there, and apparently during the rally he said something like, we should have been acting this way for seven years of Obama, basically, like we should have been fighting back against Obama. And they take this as, Trump is saying that we should beat people up who disagree. Actually, the only person I know of who said we should beat people up who disagree is Barack Obama in 2009 who, or 2008 during a rally in Philadelphia. He actually said that, that his supporters should bring a gun to a knife fight. And he specifically said that people in Philly like to brawl, right? Barack Obama said that. And I seem to remember back in 2008 that there was a guy named Russ Carnahan who was running, I believe he was running for Senate at the time in Missouri. And there was a, a black guy named Kenneth Gladney, who was a Tea Partier, who showed up to one of his rallies. And, uh, and we have tape of what happened to Kenneth Gladney uh, at, the, uh, at the SEIU rally. It got ugly. That's right. So you got the SEIU guys. Those are the guys in the purple shirts, union guys. And it's hard to see there a little bit, but the guy on the ground is Kenneth Gladney, a black guy, and they're beating him up a little bit. And I don't seem to remember national outcry from the left over that or attribution of that to Russ Carnahan's campaign or to the SEIU or to President Obama, who's the SEIU's presidential candidate. Don't remember any of that. But remember, folks, the real threat to you, the real threat to you isn't the left. It isn't ISIS. The real threat to you is Donald Trump. Again, I'm not a Trump supporter. But this overheated crap where Donald Trump is a Nazi and Donald Trump is responsible for all of the evils in the world, it really is quite despicable, and it ties in with a broader attempt by the left to paint the right as universally dangerous. Right-wingers are universally dangerous. Conservatives are totally dangerous. They're the people that we truly have to fear. And, and this goes all the way up to the highest levels. Josh Ernest over at the White House says, Donald Trump's hateful rhetoric endangers the United States. From Secretary Kerry to Secretary Johnson, 
uh, and others, uh, including national security experts who served in the previous administration, have observed that the kind of offensive, hateful, divisive rhetoric that we've seen from a handful of Republican candidates for president is damaging and dangerous. It's dangerous. It's not just wrong. It's dangerous. So when Barack Obama has spent the last seven years of his presidency ripping on cops, that's not dangerous. When Barack Obama has spent the last seven years of his presidency ripping on the rich, that's not dangerous in any way. When he said he wanted to put his boot on the throat of British Petroleum, that wasn't dangerous in any way. When Barack Obama tried to claim that right-wingers were responsible for the, for the shooting of Gabby, of, of Gabby Giffords over in, over in Arizona, that wasn't dangerous. None of that's dangerous. The only thing that really is dangerous is Donald Trump's hateful rhetoric. First of all, I've heard this argument a bunch of times, and I'm getting tired of it, from the left, that Donald Trump, by being mean to Muslims, is somehow making it easier for ISIS to recruit. Hey, if somebody was on the borderline of being recruited by ISIS, I have a better solution than trying to change their mind. It's called kill them. Seriously, if you're, if you're going to be recruited to ISIS... And we, wait, we can wait till you're recruited to ISIS, but the minute that you send a message to ISIS saying, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm pretty okay if you're not an American citizen with us taking you out. Because if you're with ISIS, like no matter what the left says, I'm not the guy who's going to get up and say, okay, let's start a rally and go kill random leftists, right? I'm, not, I'm a civilized human being. I'm not the person who's going to go out there and say, okay, now it's time for me to join a group and we're going to run roughshod through the streets of West Hollywood murdering all the gays. Like this is not something that has ever occurred to me because I'm a sane and rational human being. But, if you ha but, but the argument seems to be that if Donald Trump says something offensive, that people are, are th therefore going to go join ISIS. If you were borderline on ISIS to begin with, I really have no interest in your mindset. I really don't. I have much more interest in keeping you out of my country, which the Obama administration won't do. Right? The Obama administration won't check your Facebook messages. They're like me with my front gate. They'll just let you through and then assume that you have the best of intentions even while you're scoping out the grounds. Right? It's my house and I, it's my idiocy. I have a full camera system at my house and I also have a gun inside the house. So if things have gone bad, then would have been some solutions available. But... That ain't true with the federal government, which is why we just shut down a school district full of 700,000 kids over an email threat. Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton is doing the same thing. Hillary Clinton, she says that all of these, these, these words from Donald Trump, they're stoking fears about Muslims, and that's the real threat to the United States today. We are hearing all kinds of anti-immigrant sentiment in the news right now. Candidates for president are calling immigrants drug runners and rapists. They promise, if elected, to round up and deport millions of people, build a mammoth wall, militarize the border, tear families apart. And after the terrorist shootings in San Bernardino at a time when a lot of Americans are fearful about future attacks here at home, some candidates are even stoking those fears more and turning people against Muslim Americans saying some really hateful, hurtful things. Oh, well, it was the hateful, hurtful things that turned people against Muslim Americans, not two Muslim Americans shooting 14 people in the middle of San Bernardino. You see how that works? It wasn't the actual shootings that made people wary of, of radical Muslims in the United States. It was Donald Trump saying something about the shootings. And by the way, I love that Hillary Clinton poses this as though there are no drug runners who come across the border. Again, I'm very pro-immigration. I'm actually pretty libertarian on the issue of immigration. I don't believe in the welfare state. I believe that if you get rid of the welfare state, whoever wants to come here, that we can check 
in security fashion can come here and work with, for whatever job. I don't care. I don't believe in minimum wage. I don't believe in I don't believe in mandatory American numbers of jobs. I don't believe in any of that stuff. I believe in, in complete free markets because I think the free market is wonderful. There is one area, however, in which I demure, and that is when it comes to national security. Hillary Clinton believes in all of the regulations I just talked about, but not national security. So she is precisely the reverse. She, she actually wants to restrict immigration in the sense that she wants them not to compete and drive down wages, but she doesn't want to restrict immigration when it comes to security. And, she, and then she says that Donald Trump is the real, is the, is the real flamethrower when it comes to this whole scenario. Hillary Clinton's words are going to incentivize more terrorists to cross the border than Donald Trump's. That I can tell you. And more terrorists are going to try to cross the border under a Hillary Clinton presidency than under a Donald Trump presidency. And here's the thing about all of this. If anybody thinks this is undermining Trump, they're totally wrong. Okay, Trump is getting stronger because of all of this. Trump said the other day, look, I'm the universal, I'm the universal magnet for attack. They're all coming after me. And it's true. Now, some of the attacks are justified. Some of the attacks are real, and some of them ought to be taken seriously. But because nobody ever gives Trump any credit on the right or the left, because they, they sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater, all of Trump's supporters immediately resonate to him, and they say, well, the reason they're attacking him so much is because they hate him, not because he's wrong, but because he's Trump. And so Trump, Trump wins again. And here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. I am not so sure. I know there are a lot of people in the Republican Party who think that if Trump gets the nomination, no shot that he wins the presidency. I'm not so sure that's true. And believe me, I'm not, uh, I'm not itching for a Donald Trump presidency. I think that there are a lot of Republicans who would make better presidents than Donald Trump. I think Trump sort of pulls his policy out of his colon. But the, but the one thing about Donald Trump that I will say is that when it comes to a, a fight with Hillary, Donald Trump is a dirty fighter, and he will take the kitchen sink and he will hit her with it. For example, here's what Donald Trump had to say about Hillary Clinton after Hillary called him dangerous. Here was Donald Trump's response. And I think I'm going to do great with women. And one of the reasons I'm going to do great with women is that I'm a leader. I'm not like Hillary Clinton. She's got no strength. She's got no stamina. Everything she does is like theatrical. Oh, Donald Trump said this. He actually was sort of interesting. She said, I watched her last night, Donald Trump, looks like she practices in front of a mirror for two hours. Donald Trump said, I think he's dangerous. I'm dangerous. She's the one that caused all this problem. With her stupid policies, you look at what she did with Libya, what she did with Syria. Look at Egypt, what happened with Egypt. A total mess. They don't back, we don't back any of our allies. You look, she was... Truly, if not the, one of the worst Secretary of States in the history of the country. She talks about me being dangerous. She's killed hundreds of thousands of people with her stupidity. What, what do you mean she's killed hundreds of thousands? She was Secretary of State. Obama was president. The team. Right. The real, two real but geniuses. killed hundreds? Two real geniuses. Of course. Look at what happened. The Middle East is a total disaster under her. She traveled back and forth. But look at all the problems. Look at... As an example, Iraq, total disaster. They didn't get us in, but they got us out badly, okay? Total, we spent $2 trillion, thousands of lives, wounded warriors all over. Look at, look at Libya. Look at Benghazi, our ambassador. He wired her five or six hundred times asking for help. She'll take her friend's call every time. Hillary Clinton doesn't have the judgment. She doesn't have the strength or the stamina to be president. She will be a terrible president. And I think I'll win. Okay, so here's the thing about Trump, right? Everything that he's saying there is basically true. And if Trump drops bombs like that, it's going to put her on the defensive. And the media, because the media will say, 
Well, no, 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 she didn't kill hundreds of thousands of people. And he'll say, okay, give me the numbers as to how many people have died while she was Secretary of State. And it is, in fact, tens of thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands who have died in Syria. It's tens of thousands of people who have died in Iraq. It's certainly tens of thousands of people who have died in Libya. And a lot of this is attributable to her foreign policy. So all of the talk about Trump can't win, I'm not sure that I completely buy that. Do I want Trump to be the nominee? No. Do I think that Trump actually might have a shot at beating her? Yeah, because he's a wild puncher, right? All the things that people despise about him, that's what makes him effective as a politician because you don't know where the next punch is coming from. It could come from left field. It could come from his knees. You just don't know. He's not a good fighter, but he's an unpredictable fighter. And an unpredictable fighter against a a highly clinical strategist like Hillary Clinton is actually very, very dangerous. And, and that's, that's, I think, what Hillary Clinton fears. And meanwhile, uh, I just think it's worth playing this because it's funny. Mike Tyson apparently has come out and now defended Donald Trump. He, he wants Donald Trump to be president of the United States. Here is uh, the, the great thinker Mike Tyson backing Donald Trump. Uh, have a good but- I don't know. Access fans doesn't need to apologize. He's still ahead of the polls, and uh, he deserves a chance. If they don't like him, we shouldn't vote for him, but they appear to like him. So do you think his comments will, like, um, even though it offended some people, they should still give him a chance with it? No. Huh? Should, so you're saying they still should give him a chance? And listen, anybody that was ever president of the United States offended some group of people. Or some group of people were offended. So listen, we are supposed to vote against him. Okay, and his fans are staying by him. I said his fans are staying by him. See who won. Just keep him, just his keep supporters. And see who won. And keep it fair. Yes, man for man, debate, debate. You can't talk about Trump, Trump, talk about those people. Yes, see who won. It's hard to hear what he's saying there, but he's, he's talking up Trump. Well, the guy from TMZ is talking to him. Yeah, Donald Trump's the best. I think Donald Trump be a great president. Donald Trump's going to be awesome. He's going to punch him out. He's going to eat a Vander Holyfield children. And, uh, and but here's the thing. People underestimate the power of celebrity. Okay, Donald Trump is only at the top of this race because he's a celebrity. He's saying things that a lot of people agree with, but if he weren't a celebrity, people would have dismissed him as a, as a kind of clownish buffoon long ago. And the power of celebrity eats everything. Okay, and this is, this is the, the lesson for politics for today. Celebrity defeats all. Celebrity is all that matters. And how can we tell? Because today, Carly Fiorina basically ended her campaign in a, in a crazy desire to, to gain celebrity. She did a video for IJ Review uh, about how much she likes dogs. And you're about to see in real time Carly Fiorina end her campaign because she is desperate to glom on to the sort of celebrity culture that Barack Obama and Bill Clinton and Donald Trump have created for us. Here's Carly Fiorina. We're, we're losing this one. I always used to eat milk bones as a kid. I thought they were very good. Here. Come here. She's dogs eating a milk bone. never tell me to smile more. You are the only dog in your world, huh? I think I could use you all for debate prep. You could be Donald Trump. Look at that face. Oh, no. (laughs) Or no. (laughs) Carly Fiorina is a very serious woman uh, doing very unserious things on camera, biting into milk bones and eating dog food, and then talking to her small dogs as though they are Donald Trump. And it's just... We're all, it's Donald Trump's world, folks, and we're all just living in it. And meanwhile, ISIS, meanwhile, ISIS continues to gain, and the Democrats continue to claim that Donald Trump is the real threat to world peace. Okay, Donald Trump created that, this sort of culture. Okay, that's not the real threat to world peace. The real threat to world peace is people like Barack Obama who actually believe that the celebrity culture is an affirmative good, who believe that the celebrity culture is something that, that, is, that should be taken 
super seriously. We've all been infected with it now, but it's just, it's a little bit sick making. That's the only way to put it. Okay, time for some things that I hate. So first, something that I like. I was asked my favorite movies the other day. And uh, and I like a lot of the same movies other people like. I like, you know, obviously Lord of the Rings is a fantastic movie. I love the Batman trilogy. Um, but a movie from the 80s that has been somewhat forgotten recently, which is silly because it's a phenomenal movie. It won Best Picture in 1984, Amadeus, uh, which is a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen Amadeus, go out and rent it tonight, uh, mainly because it, it has nothing to do. It's completely ahistorical. I mean, the, the history of it makes no sense. Uh, Salieri, who's, who's posed as kind of the, the counter to Mozart, he's a guy who's a mediocrity but wants to be a genius, and he's very, and he's very devoted to God, and, and Mozart is profane but, uh, but a genius and super talented. It, the, the message of the movie is great. It has nothing to do with history. Salieri was actually married and had multiple children, so they make him sort of this, this sexually frustrated loner uh, in, in the film. Um, but the movie itself is great, and, and it's, its take on... God and talent is is really and, and what your role in the world is is really spectacular. The idea being that sometimes you just have to accept your role in the world as opposed to trying to fight for things that don't exist. It, it's actually a pretty right wing movie in that sense. It's a right wing. It's based on a play by Peter Schaefer. That, that's the, the movie's actually better than the play. So check out Amadeus. Okay, so now let's talk about a few things that I hate. So yesterday I'm on Twitter, and as I'm browsing Twitter as I always do. A, a tweet comes up from Kim Kardashian. Now, I do not follow Kim Kardashian. Someone had retweeted Kim Kardashian, and Kim Kardashian had tweeted, she had tweeted about her placenta. And what she tweeted is that she was going to eat her placenta now. And she tweeted about how this was going to help her get over her postpartum depression uh, and how this was going to help her uh, get over her, her lack of iron in her diet, I guess. And so she tweets this out, and it's covered widely, Kim Kardashian eating her placenta. For people who don't know biology, when you have a baby, you have a placenta. The placenta is basically a, is a, a big sack of blood, basically, uh, that provides a lot of the, the blood nutrients for your child. Uh, and after you have a baby, the placenta comes out along with the baby. It comes out after the baby. It's the after what they used to call the afterbirth. Um, and typically, they used to take big sacks of blood that you don't need and throw them away, now there's this whole insane routine, like fully insane routine, where people think it's a great idea to take your giant sack of blood and eat it. Yes, gang. Yes. Uh, and, and there's some people who, who take the, the placenta and they, and they dehydrate it so that they turn it into pills and they swallow them. There are some people who freeze the placenta and then put it in smoothies, which is, which is just... V- vomit making. I mean, Lindsay over here is basically trying to hold down her, her breakfast. Um, and, and so Kim Kardashian says, of course, that this is the world's most wonderful idea that she's, that she's eating her placenta. And, and, and it's, and this has become a very common thing in Hollywood, this Kim Kardashian placenta thing. This is, there, there are people who are making a lot of money off of people eating their own placentas. First of all, just as a general rule, folks don't eat other human body parts. It's just gross. Your own or anybody else's. Let's not eat other people's body parts. She, she says that it, it, according to the UK Independent, her, the, her goal was that apparently she said she had postnatal depression after she had her first child. So after her second child, she didn't want to have postnatal depression, and so she decided to go ahead and eat her placenta. Okay, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because there is a strain of paganism that is very, very strong on the left. This is a pagan voodoo ritual. Okay, there is no evidence, no scientific evidence, as in none, zero that eating your own placenta in any way prevents postpartum depression or helps you 
in, in health fashion in any way. She wrote on her blog, quote, I'm not this holistic person or somebody who would have ever considered eating my placenta. I actually thought Courtney would have so done this, but I don't think she did, although she did have placenta pills. When I say eat my placenta, I mean I'm having it freeze-dried and made into pill form, not actually fry it like a steak and eat it, which some people do, by the way. By the, by the way, Kim and Courtney pretended to feed their family fried human placenta on an episode back in 2013. I can't imagine. It, when Caitlyn Jenner is the most sane person in your family, you really have some stuff going on. She said, I heard so many stories when I was pregnant with North, again, she has a child named Northwest. And as I've said before, I cannot wait for that kid's autobiography, North by Northwest. Um, but it's, <laughs> but she says, I heard so many stories when I was pregnant with North of moms who never ate their placenta with their first baby and then had postpartum depression. But when they took the pills with their second baby, they did not suffer from depression. Science. She said, so I thought, why not try it? What do I have to lose? She said, I really didn't want the baby blues. I thought I can't go wrong with taking a pill made of my own hormones made by me for me. You make your poop also. She said, I started researching and read about so many moms who felt the same way and said the overall healing process was so much easier. By the way, I know somebody who did this. Okay, this is, this is we all know somebody who did this, by the way, and I will tell you later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and it, is, it is absolute, utter paganistic garbage. There is no evidence whatsoever this works. The pagan, the pagan streak on the left, it's around science. So what you keep hearing from the left is that science is the be-all, end-all. They love science, and they love science because they hate God, right? Anything that's able to kill God, they like. So if there's an alternative explanation for how things got the way they got to God's intervention in the universe, they will jump on it. But the same people who proclaim their love for science also say that human babies in the womb aren't babies. They're just polyps, basically. They're nothing. They're just cells of nothing. They're balls of nothing. That one minute before birth, a baby in the womb is not a baby. It's just a big kidney or something. Uh, the same people who, who believe that if you eat your placenta, it's going to ward off postnatal depression, but only if you also spill chicken entrails on the ground and try to read them. And these are the same people who also love holistic medicine. Um, and, and by holistic medicine, really not even holistic medicine, homeopath, homeopathic medicine. Holistic medicine is just an approach that says you look at the whole body when you do an exam, doctors do this. But, here, but, but homeopathy is the idea that basically you use untested drugs on yourself and that if it's, it's, this is the crusade for the natural Right when you go, there's a worship of nature, a pagan worship of nature that dominates the left now. Because everybody has a god, it's just a question of what that god is. There are a bunch of people on the left who worship nature. Barack Obama worships nature. That's why he says that climate change is this dark god that's going to destroy us all unless we appease it with the souls of millions of human beings living in poverty. Right. This is why there are so many people on the left who treat recycling as a sort of it's almost a religious ritual recycling. If you don't recycle, you're a bad person. Like if you, even though it all goes to the dump anyway, most of it goes to the dump no matter what. But they take it and they, no, no, no. They, you're, you're, it's a it's a ritual, and if you don't do this, you're not going to pagan heaven. And and they do this also with homeopathic medicine, where they say that if it's natural, then it must be good for you. That if it's if it's unnatural, then it must be bad for you. Now I'm not saying that vegetables are are not as good for you as jelly beans. I love jelly beans. I don't like vegetables, but vegetables are better for you. However. It turns out that nature has been doing an excellent job for the last several million years of trying to kill humans. In fact, it has a 100% kill rate against human beings, nature. And it turns out that if we just let nature have its way, if we don't have lights and if we don't have roofs and if we don't have houses, nature kills us super duper fast if we don't develop antibiotics, if we don't develop medicines, which are completely artificial. If we don't develop any of these things, then we die. It turns out nature has a way of killing us. There's this, this romantic view of nature. There's, a, there's a, an interesting documentary uh, called Grizzly Man. Did you guys see this documentary, Grizzly Man? Have you ever seen this? Uh, it's about this guy named Timothy Treadwell, who's an idiot and, and lived up in Alaska and decided he was going to make friends with the bears. And so for like 15 years, over the objections 
of the Department of, of Wildlife and, and Natural Resources, he went up to Alaska and hung around the bears and said he was protecting them. Protecting them from whom? Nobody knows. But eventually his luck ran out. And one day he and his girlfriend were up there and a grizzly bear came and ate them. And, and there, there's a whole documentary about how he really thought, he thought that nature was his friend. Folks, nature is not your friend. Nature's trying to kill you. Nature provides you resources. You're a part of nature. As a human being, you obviously have a body. You have a, you have a biological component to you, obviously. But that doesn't mean that nature is your friend. And this grand worship of nature, all that is natural, all that is good. If, if it's natural, it must be good. It leads to moral depravity as well as to inefficiency and stupidity like eating your own placenta. The same philosophy that says eating your own placenta is an affirmative good says in the fashion of Lady Gaga, I was born this way, therefore I get to do whatever I want. Right? Born this way is the perfect leftist synopsis of the world. Right? If, you, if you just had two songs to sum up leftism, it's imagine and Lady Gaga's born this way. That's it. Just imagine and born this way. That's all of leftism in a nutshell. Born this way, the lyric being that I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. That God didn't make no mistakes. I was born this way. Meaning that you never have to overcome temptation. God didn't build you with temptation. He built you with things that you were just supposed to express because nation because nature has has programmed you to express it, uh, and this is how you end up with an anti science coming from science. Humanity tends to work in cycles, and so we went from paganism to monotheism. Monotheism assu- paganism assumes that there's no real rational order to the universe. It's a bunch of various gods fighting each other for dominance, just like human beings do. Monotheism suggests there is a rational order to the universe. We may not under- not understand where all the pieces fit, but there is a rational order to the universe. The idea that there's a rational order to the universe generated science. Without that idea, there's a rational order to the universe. There's nothing to discover. If everything is arbitrary and chaotic, you don't waste time trying to figure out why it is that that a, that, that a cluster of, of atoms move in a particular way if there are no rules that govern how the atoms move. If everything is just chaos, if everything is in Hebrew, tohu vavohu, right? If everything is just chaos, then from, from Genesis, if everything is chaos, then there's no reason for you to try and investigate the rules that govern the universe. Once we get to monotheism and the idea that there are rules that govern the universe, then people start trying to discover, okay, what are the rules that govern the universe? Once you start discovering that there are actual rules of science that govern the universe, then people say, ah, now we found the alternative to a godly ordered universe. We found a scientifically ordered universe. But then it turns out that once you've done that, once science kills God, then people say, well, but wait a second, then there's no real moral reason for being here. And all your scientific rules can describe reality to a certain extent, but they can't describe everything that's around me. There's a whole part of reality science can't describe. So if science can't describe it, then maybe the universe is chaotic, and maybe we ought to go back to paganism. It's not a conscious process. It's a feelings process. If science can't solve all my problems, right, it's Kim Kardashian. If science can't solve all my problems, if I can't take a drug that's been produced for me yet by science, then I'll just eat my placenta. Because I heard from some guy on a street corner that eating my placenta is good, right, because it's a chaotic universe, and... And we don't have scientific theory anymore. Scientific theory relies on an order to the universe created by something else because otherwise it's a disordered, wild universe acting in chaos. And so for the common man, you know, I'm not saying atheists have to believe in a disordered universe. I am saying the way that bleeds down to the populace is that in a disordered, nihilistic universe, there's no reason for science either. Right? Science is just another way of trying to order the universe that fails because the universe has no order. Right? If, you're, if, you are, if you are Camus' stranger and you're just walking around, there's no order to human life and you can do anything that you want to do, then what does science have to do with anything? Right? There, are no, there are no rules that govern your behavior or any other behavior. Maybe certain behavior is governed by, by, by science, but what's to say that there isn't other behavior not governed by science, like eating your placenta or homeopathic medicine? And this is how you end up with a group of people suggesting both that they are pro-science and also suggesting 
that climate change is an absolute reality, mandating that we that we only use one square of toilet paper like Sheryl Crow, or that babies don't really exist in the womb, or that men can magically become women and women can magically become men, or that vaccines don't work, right? This is all coming from the same group of folks. And that group of folks are people who believe in a disordered universe because science killed God and then paganism killed science. And eventually the cycle will continue all the way around. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Did you know that a baby's heart begins to beat at just three weeks? At five weeks, it can be heard on ultrasound. In some cases, the heartbeat can be the baby's only defense in the womb, which is where preborn steps in. Preborn rescues 200 babies every day from abortion simply by providing moms with free ultrasounds that allow her to hear her child's heartbeat and see their perfectly formed body in the womb. By six weeks, the baby's eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her thumb. Preborn needs our help to save these precious souls. For just 28 bucks, you could be the difference between the life or death of a baby. If you become a monthly sponsor, you'll receive stories and ultrasound pictures of the lives you helped to rescue. All gifts are tax deductible. 100% of your gift donation goes toward saving babies. To donate, dial pound 250, say keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com slash Ben. That's preborn.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Preborn.com slash Ben. It's the best thing you're going to do today or maybe ever. Dial pound 250, say keyword baby. Start saving children today. 